Welcome to the Creative Podcast. For the pilot episode of the Creative Podcast series, Professor Tammy Harrington talks about her experience teaching 2D art at the University of the Ozarks. Harrington also works as an independent artist, and recently her work was included in the Arkansas Committee, National Museum of Modern Arts. Today, we will spend time with Tammy Harrington at the art studio and hear about the passion of teaching and the opportunities that art brings outside the classroom. And we're only going in a little bit and then coming back out, right? Just because you want just a smaller hole for the screw to go into. Right? And so you do the same thing by bringing this over here, bring that over, and then drill the two holes in here so you can put it together. So if you take a look at this one right here, that stretch. Okay, so I'm going to put this up. So you can start to see where it's starting to be tight in the middle here and then the middle here. Right? So I can feel it's much more tension here than, of course, out here. I'll let you speak on top of the way. Hello, Professor Harrington. How are you? I'm doing great. Good. Um, can you start uh, with a brief introduction? I am Professor Tammy Harrington, mm -hmm. so I am one of the professors in the art program, and I primarily teach two-dimensional art. So what I call it is things that are flat. So anything like drawing, painting, graphic design, printmaking, um, things like that. I always enjoyed art in school. I mean, I also was a, a good student anyway, just because I think, you know, Uh, growing up as a, uh, a child of immigrants, my parents came over from uh, China and Hong Kong. Uh, I just always enjoyed, naturally enjoyed school, but then I always liked making art. I, I hadn't remember vividly, and I don't think I have this artwork anymore, but I was in kindergarten. I remember I painted this tiger, and we put it on the wall at my house, and I'm like, yeah, this is pretty good. And I always enjoyed doing art classes and doing things like that, and especially since, since I went to high school and I could take some more specialty things. There was a class where we could learn how to uh, throw on the wheel. We could um, had opportunities to maybe paint some murals in the school and do things like that. And so I, I really loved it, even though I thought, mm, maybe I'll still do business. And then I, then I took some business classes and I realized, mm, maybe not. <laughs> maybe I'll just do the art. And um, so, but I also knew, I, I thought I would be a commercial artist, like a graphic designer. Yes, I was initially a double major, art and business, and then I dropped the business major, although I still, I took some classes, and what's funny is that um, I, I took enough business classes where they thought I w did really well, so they gave me scholarships for it, and I still held on to the scholarships, <laughs> and then I dropped my business major, <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> um, but then I went and it's like, oh, maybe you try some uh, communications, and I'm like, ah, no, I'll just I'll just stay with just doing art. Yes. And um, and then from there, I decided to go on to graduate school, not in graphic design, but in printmaking, which is a fine oh. art. And so that was a little scarier, but I just I really loved it. And um, then when I went to graduate school, I did more teaching, and that's when I decided like that's 
this is really what I want to do. But initially, I never thought I would be a teacher at all. We will talk more about you teaching. But first, I record the class. Uh, we were in the painting studio. And what were you explaining? What were you doing? All right, so in the painting class, I want you to, the students to experience different types of surfaces that we can paint on. So we started with painting on board, uh, like an illustration board that's lightweight, and then we moved on to like a masonite. And then now we will try painting on canvas. And so instead of just buying canvases, um, especially like when you buy canvases, they have to be a usually smaller size. But I always like to push the students and be like, we got to go bigger. <laughs> and so, <laughs> which is, I think, scary but exciting, I'm hoping, for the students. So I, we, I buy the materials to where they have to put together the stretchers themselves and then learn how to stretch canvas over on top. So it's actually a very physical thing. Like everyone, like there's hammers, there's drills, there's staple guns. And like some of the students have probably never even had to work with any of that. So especially since I have a whole class full of female students, it's like, all right, ladies, we're <laughs> going to learn how to use these tools and build these things together. Uh, but what's nice about it, too, is like for students that, you know, I have quite a few that are international. If they want to take their paintings with them, they can take apart the painting, roll it up, take apart the stretcher bars, put it in a tube, and they can bring it back home really easy and then hopefully they remember how to stretch the canvas and then they can restretch it and then have their painting with them as opposed to figuring out how to how to um how do I travel with this so I'm, I'm also trying to teach the students different skills not just artistic skills but like more you know um things that would help them should they want to continue on making art it was difficult. Like, I don't know what we're going to do. And then you were explaining that, oh, we are going to build our canvases. I was like, okay, okay, this will be interesting. Yeah, I mean, you always want to try to push people to try to learn new things or do different things that are they're uncomfortable. Because, like, even in uh, when the design class, when we had to change critiques, um, the critique method to where now you have to stand next to your artwork, everyone's like, oh, no. <laughs> Don't make us stand up here. <laughs> but it's good for you because if you do eventually want to become an artist, you have to stand in front of your art and talk about it and be able to explain it. Why did you decide to become a professor instead of, instead of a full-time artist? Well, what's nice about, like, I think art is my calling. Like, I really love making art and being around it, looking at art, going to museums, um, just like when you went to the workshop and then you stayed after and walked around the AMFA. It was just, it's always exciting to look at artwork. And, uh, but it's also very challenging to just be an artist because you, you do need to make money <laughs> somehow. Yeah. And so, but I still really like teaching because it gives me a chance to help students learn things, but then hopefully develop students where they have their own voice and what they want to say with their artwork. And then how do I, how can I help them be better at making their voice, right? So I think with you, you already kind of have a real good idea of what you want to say, but I'm here to help you figure out what's, what's maybe an ideal way for you to do it visually and to complement what's going on with your thoughts. Each student has a different style. So you, you have an advice for each style. Because when you uh, you come and see my artwork, you always have an advice. And what I really like about that advice is when 
you notice things that I don't notice, and then when I apply it on the painting, oh, it's improvement. I can I can see, I can really see, like, how, how it helps. Why did you decide to... I'm 21 inches wide, but there's a lot of intricate cutting, so I have, like, there were three different parts that I had to cut out and then glue together to where it's, like, one complete unit. And I want to say it probably took me, like, 30 hours. Wow. What are some influences that help build your style as an artist? Well, I think, so I'm Chinese-American, so I my parents are born in China, and then they immigrated here to the United States. And so my sisters and I were born in the United States, so we're very American. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, we had the existence of you know having almost like a Chinese life in the house, but then when I watched TV or went outside the house and went to school, it was very Americanized. So I, I truly am very Chinese-American. So um, because it's like if I were to compare myself to someone who, like, lived in China, that's not the same. Like, it's a whole different existence. So I really started investigating that in graduate school of just, like, the I call it the two Tammies. There's American Tammy, there's Chinese Tammy. And, um, and so a lot – I think my work has progressed to where – I try to represent by what the patterns I use on my portrait because all my artwork is about me. I'm the only subject in all my artwork, <laughs> which is funny because when I try to assign self-portraits to the students, they're like, no, don't make us do this. <laughs> yes. But my work is like all self-portraits. <laughs> uh, but I, I was inspired by different artists like this. Uh, Yuji Hiratsuka is a uh, printmaker from Oregon. He teaches out in Oregon. So I really loved his work because I thought it was not, it, it still had an Asian or Chinese look, but it didn't look like the traditional, you know, how you have like folk art from your country, yes. but it was almost like a, a mixture of, okay, Asian, but yeah, but yet it was, had some Western tendencies. And then I also have other artists that use a lot of pattern, like Delita Martin and Melissa Gale, who are my friends and, and I'm inspired by, um, but so... I always am looking around at different artists and seeing what, because I love looking at Chinese art, but I don't know if it's exactly what I want to do with the style, because I didn't want to use symbols that maybe didn't connect with me. So when I found paper cuts, I thought this is, this might be the way to go. And it was actually, the paper cuts were, I was using them as inspiration for my printmaking, but I was, I had a drawing of myself. Um, I did a series where I was talking about being a mother. And so I, I drew a, a profile of my body when I, when I had the big baby in my belly. And then mm-hmm. the drawing didn't look very, I'm like, oh, it's missing something. And then we're like, oh, I can cut some paper and glue it on top. And that's how it started because I'm yeah. going like, oh, I can do that. And then from there, things develop because like if you were to you know, talk to me 20 years ago, I wouldn't think I would be doing this kind of artwork. What are some obstacles you have to overcome as an artist? Well, I think it's trying to listen to yourself and trusting in yourself and deciding, like, okay, how am I going to get this accomplished, right? And so what's hard is you ultimately need money to be able to survive. I mean, um, the art art major students had to do the um, symposium. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I realize how expensive the uh, materials for for, for art mm-hmm. are because I wanted to do this specific concept for my for my exposition and I was like 
are these the real prices? Mm -hmm. And I was I was just thinking uh, yeah. about my future, like mm -hmm. if I wanted to become a full-time artist, uh, the money will be always a factor because mm -hmm. I need time for my paintings mm -hmm. to create my artwork, but I, but I also need that income. Mm -hmm. So it's really hard to mm -hmm. balance that. Yeah, it always, I always joke, but I'm not being serious, but I joke, it's like, it always helps if you can marry a doctor, a lawyer, or an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> or I joke, like my husband and I would joke, we both need to marry a doctor together. <laughs> Which we don't. We're not married to a doctor together. <laughs> there's, not, there's not three people in our marriage. But we both, my husband and I are both artists, but we also teach as professors. So that helps us because I still enjoy teaching, but it, it gives us a lot of, some free time to be able to make art as well. Yes. Has teaching taught you more about art? Yes, because if I have to, ex I have to understand what I'm talking about so that I can teach it. So it's like, you know, like we're, we're probably taking art history right now. Yes. If you had to teach art history, you're like, I have to know what I'm talking yes. about. And um, at one time I did teach the art history class. And so I'm, I'm like, oh, my God, how am I going to do this? <laughs> but, I mean, I learned so much more by having to, to be the teacher um, because I had to be able to explain it. And so it helped me learn it better. And so I think um, – It, it helps me understand how to be able to talk to students about their how to make the work and about their work in terms of content. Uh, but it also made me, I think art also just made me better at understanding myself. What are some recent achievements you have won? All right. So I guess um, for my teaching profession, um, I there is a, a faculty um, Bagwell Award. And so the, it Uh, is given to two faculty every year. So I was very fortunate. I got the award in 2013, and then I got it again in 2018. So it was really nice to be honored. So it, it talks about you know, how you are as a teacher, but then also how are, you are outside of just teaching in terms of interacting with either like a club, like the art club, or working on committees and doing different things like that. So I was really excited to get those awards because at one point I'm going like, I don't know if I'll get any of these <laughs> awards because there's so many you know, good teachers that my colleagues that I really thought they deserve it. Um, and then I, with my artwork, I got a first place award at the Fort Smith Regional Art Museum. So that was really exciting because yeah. it's like first place plus it came with prize money. <laughs> so wow. I was even excited, more yes. excited with that. that and then, then I'll have a solo show at that place the following year. And uh, I saw in your social media that you post something about uh, the National Museum of Mother Arms, the Arkansas Committee. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. So there is there is a National Museum of Women in the Arts, which is in Washington, D.C. But then there's also groups in different states that also have um, people that support the arts. Some of them are artists, but some people are just like they want to support the artists. So they are a group of women, uh, Arkansas Committee of the National Museum of Women in the Arts. It's kind of a mouthful. And they hold a registry to where people can, a woman can apply with, some examples of their artwork and their artist statement, and then it gets juried, meaning someone looks through all the applications and they went ahead and picked 40 different women to be on the website. And so I was selected to be on the website this year for the oh. next two years. So I was really excited. 
I remember when I was a student in high school, um, of course, you, you reach the moment that everyone asks you, what you're going to do after graduation? Mm -hmm. What you want to do? And I'm from Nicaragua, so I used to say, well, I want to study abroad. And everyone was like, how are you going to do that? It's not that easy. You mm -hmm. need to apply to blah, blah, blah. And then when they ask what you want to study, I used to say art and I want to become a filmmaker. Yeah. And they were like, what's that? <laughs> yes, I know. What's hard with the Central American and like Mexican cultures is like they almost see art as a, as a more of a street folk art thing. Like you're not going to make any money. Yes. And, but you can, but you have to learn how to be able to do that. Yeah. So what's the advice for those that are struggling, that are listening to mm -hmm. everyone around and just saying, no, you are not able to do that. Don't do that. It's a mistake. Well, I think let's say you have to still have a straight job, like a, a job to make the money. In your free time, just do what you're trying to do with art. Um, try to, if you're interested in art, And wherever you're living, if they're going to have art receptions at a gallery or at a museum, go and meet other people and talk to them. Because um, like what's hard for for us is we were living in Russellville, and like if you really want to know different artists, you have to go to Little Rock, and like people just yes. don't know who you are. But we started, you know, applying to different shows, and then finally we started getting artwork into different places, starting to meet more people. And so now, now that we've lived here 23 years, they, there's lots of people that know who Tammy and Neil Harrington are. But it took a while to get to that point. And so um, I think that's the challenge. And plus, I think in terms of, like, you know, the dreams, I know if when um, – so I'm, I'm an artist and got an art degree. Well, I met someone in undergrad school. He was also an artist <laughs> getting an art degree. So I was going to be a printmaker, and he's going to be a painter. So wow. that, you know, that's an amazing coupling, right? <laughs> Who's going to make the money, right? It's an amazing combination. <laughs> but then, um, like, I think it was amazing. But, like, you know, when they're looking at it as a, you know, if you're being um, someone that is very pragmatic and, like, okay, well, this doesn't make sense. Like, who's going to make the money? And then we both went to graduate school for fine art, not graphic design, But at, you know, getting the MFA allows you to qualify to teach you at college. And um, my husband was the only one out of the five of us that graduated that got a job. And it was just a one-year position at Arkansas Tech. But then I was part-time there and part-time here, and that's how I got this job. Is we took the chance and hopefully be able to do what we want. And then he eventually became full-time. So we're both art professors, and I only have to drive 30 minutes to work. And yes. but it it can happen, but it just you have to, I guess, take the chance and at least give it a try. And it also helps if you surround yourself with good people. So like my husband is a good person, but if you have friends, you know, use the people around you to support you so that you can do what you need to do. And like this, we conclude the first episode of the Creative Podcast. Thank you, Professor Tammy Harrington, for your time 
and thanks to our audience for your attention. <laughs>